Geeks. I'm Dave Curry. And I'm James Carey. Welcome to episode 37. And uh, this week uh, we're going to be looking at this podcast. We shall be looking at uh, plotting your sitcom and uh, the best way to go about this. Um, in addition to that, we'll have uh, two 10-page uh, uh, scripts. We are getting there. We're making our way through them. These are from ages ago. I, feel, I feel so ashamed. They've probably been rewritten three times and commissioned for Comedy Central by now. Yes, yeah, so you're probably... The, the people who wrote these, you've probably had a career in comedy. You've made it. You've got to the top. And then you're struggling with your third successful series. And already that's all happened before we get to read it. And so, you're already on your yacht listening yeah, to this. Right. It's about... They're about... A year old, so many apologies for that. Uh, so, shall we shall we start straight away with yes. two ten pages? Let's dig in. Right. Well, the first one that we've come to uh, is uh, a script called uh, "Implored," uh, which I'm not sure. Uh, uh, it's not not is that a misprint possibly for "employed" or "implored"? I wasn't sure. It's not a word that I'd heard of before. It is not. No, not spelt that way. No. Um, so maybe there's a mystery. And the first ten pages do not give any enlightenment on no. as to why that would be. And it's written by, uh, I thought I had it written down, Josh, uh, is it Josh Davis, I think? Is that right? Uh, uh, I shall find it. I shall right. put it up on the screen there. Uh, so first out. first thing we should say as well, and we have stressed this, uh, is when you send your file, would you please send it either in uh, Word or PDF? And uh, this came in something else. I'm not sure what it was. I think it was in Final Draft, wasn't it? Was it Final Draft? I've got a oh, Final okay. Draft question. Right. Well, we Either way, we're, we're sort of slightly saying, please don't send us any more because it's taking us a year to get round to them. Right. So, um, but as, but as a rule, do look, do look out for what the rules are and make sure that you follow them because yeah. uh, that so, will go better for you. But thanks for sending it and apologies again for the delay, uh, Josh. But it's, uh, uh, it's a, a, a pacey 10 pages and there's a few nice jokes uh, in there. It starts off with, uh, in the opening scene, we have um, five characters. Uh, and one of them has a birthday, uh, and um, the other four are insisting on taking him out. It's, um, it's a little bit confusing uh, to begin with, because we, it's not obvious which characters which we've got. Right, we've got Michael, and we know it's his birthday. And then, we, then there's Chris, Sean, Nick, and Ashley, who all feel a little bit interchangeable, except... One of them's in, in a wheelchair. Uh, and it was confusing for me because I, I know a male Ashley. Well, exactly, I was going for that, yes. <laughs> it wasn't until about five pages in when she goes to the bar that I was, oh, Ashley's a girl. Oh, oh right, okay. Because it felt very much like the lads together and it felt like five lads. Um, so that that's... Um, I think we mentioned it in the previous time we talked about the ten page uh, ten pages is when you've got sort of five people and they all seem to be they're kind of I think they're sort of twenty ish in mm. sharing a flat so they're all kind of of a, of a similar kind I suppose really so really try and distinguish uh, between your characters right and I think that's a problem one. so I think. Because you've got group scenes, it's very hard to really delineate characters clearly when you have group scenes because it's just a very tricky way of establishing clear voices um, when they're all basically trying to do something at the same time. So if we go back to, as we often do, the first ever episode of Friends in those first few minutes, you do have it very cleverly introduced and set up as each character sort of comes in and it's quite, it's obviously very, very skillfully done by professionals who just are brilliant at it and have been doing it for decades like Marta Kaufman so um, 
So I think if you have a mob in your first scene, as it were, and you have a mob in your second scene, mm. it's quite hard to differentiate between them. So that's something to look out for. Yeah. I think just to... <clears throat> as, as Dave was describing the story there, I think that that's something that we need to think about as well, because if I can describe the story of the, what happens in the 10 pages, in 10 pages, a number of things nearly happen mm. and don't. So the only thing that actually happens is they persuade this bloke to come out for a drink for his birthday. He doesn't want to go on a drink for his birthday. We don't know. We don't know why. We don't know why he doesn't. Is he having a crisis about getting older or something? I don't know. He goes for a drink. They have a drink. Uh, Michael, I think, nearly meets someone in the pub, but then doesn't. And then they go outside and they're spoken to by a policeman who might arrest them, but doesn't. They ask to be tasered. Michael asks to be tasered and isn't. And then is nearly hit by a bus, but isn't. So after yeah. ten pages, I don't know where we, nothing's nothing's actually happened. It's, it's I think um, the, 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 literally the last thing that happens at the bottom of page ten is um, one of the cast, one of these five people, nearly gets run over. I think it's the one whose birthday it, yeah. it was, and his friend saves him, um, which may or may not be the kind of what, what the plot hinges on, but, but whatever, it's a bit, it, it, it's too late, really, for the plot to be starting at the bottom of page 10. Um, but even that isn't a start of a plot. No. Um, that's just a, that's another event, which yeah. has no actual significance yeah. in um, terms of character. Yeah, I have written down here a bunch of people sitting in a pub talking. Uh, there, was a nice, there was a nice line, actually, there's one point where Michael's still being persuaded to, uh, in the pub, to, to drink and, and somebody says it's just beer you can't get drunk on beer which I thought was a nice very nice slide yeah um, so yeah there are, there are some nice lines yeah. in it. It, it, one, it there's good banter mm-hmm. but banter doth not a sitcom make that's, um, that's true. so I think that's kind of the main issue Is and to be fair to the author of this piece he sent it probably very early on before we said week after week after week in the first 10 pages we keep getting sent scripts in which nothing actually happens yeah in which a character has a clear quest. Um, so at the moment, so, you know, it's, it's hard yeah. on you, but nothing is happening. Yeah. There's another thing, one other thing I'd like to just pick up on. There's a, uh, a, 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 a stage direction uh, which reads Edgar Wright style montage. Um, now, I'm not exactly sure what that, that means, although... I, I think I, I am. It means a bit like Spaced. Yes. Uh, uh, Edgar Wright is unique, uh, and any attempt to do something like Edgar Wright will look like a poor version of, yeah. of what he does. So uh, I would say what you mean yeah. and, and put, put something... And I mean, also, your, your director will read that and think, well, hang on, I'm, I'm me, I'm not Edgar Wright. Yeah. Who think... Who does this person think they are yeah. telling me to make something like like that bloody rubbish Edgar Wright who yeah. I'm much better than or yeah. whatever? So so do I think you know, I think you can probably reference film directors as long as they have nothing to do with comedy. Yeah. So if you wanted to reference um, an Italian new wave director <laughs> or uh, for comic effect or something, I think that's probably fine. But yeah. referring to other hmm. comedy people within a comedy script, I think, is an issue. Yeah. We actually have that in the next script uh, called Runners by Adam Labis, where somebody's wearing a Flight of the Concords T-shirt. Yeah. And that's a bit like, for some reason, I always think it's in Ghostbusters, where you can't cross the the streams of uh, of those things that come out of the ghostbusting equipment. You mustn't touch. 
in comedy world, yeah. no other comedies exist. Mm-hmm. They can't touch. Yeah. So referring to other comedians or comedy types, even within the action of the script, I would say, is, yeah. is a worry. Well, let's let's move on to runners. So th- thank you. Uh, thank you. Yeah, thank there was there was lots of good conversation there. Yeah. So th- you don't need to yeah. give up, but you do need to mm. make it more than a sum total of people talking. Yeah. Give it some. Give it a quest. Um, set mm. up your characters, and, uh, and, and give it get, get it going. Yeah. So to, so to move on uh, to runners, I I picked out that about the flight of the Concord as well. And in fact, uh, but the the, the opening paragraph. Um, is uh, the, the, the thing the, the one criticism I have of what what is, I think I would say by quite a long way one of the, the best scripts that I've read the best ten pages I've read I don't know if, James if you agree with me on that but uh, I'll just read the opening uh, and and it just says a pair of worn out Chuck Taylors stand upon a rolling longboard. Move up a pair of paint-flecked 501s ripped at the knee, a Flight of Concord's t-shirt, and reveal Ruby Sunshine, age 22, a hackney girl with Indian heritage. Now, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff there. I, I'm, I'm guessing that uh, the, the, the producers who read your uh, uh, script will not be 58-year-old uh, blokes who have no idea what Chuck Taylors are. Um, and, um, but... I don't know. Work, they are. Works out. <laughs> works out. Or and even yeah. the rolling longboard kind of works them out. No, no idea. It's very striking. Very, very uh, slightly long, but very striking intros. And then each of the characters get gets that. Um, so it's a it's a Parks and Rec style thing whereby yeah. you have a scene and then you have a character talk to camera and sort of introduce themselves mm. and. I'm, I could go 50-50 on that, but I love Parks and Rec. In fact, I watched yeah. an episode of it last night. I've nearly, I've nearly watched the whole lot. So I don't want to be down on it. So it is a very efficient way of getting six characters up and running, mm. which in 10 pages is, is, is hard to do. Very hard. And, that, yeah. and so you successfully do that in this, Adam, so that's yeah. good. Yeah, and uh, we, we get what the story's going to be in the first two pages, which is, which is nice. It's called Runners. It's about runners, as in the people who work... For TV companies, um, if you don't... I initially thought it was going to be about a running club, and that's why I was confused where they didn't then go off running. Ah, yeah. But um, th- yeah. that, I was disabused of that very quickly, so yeah. that, that, that was fine. And, it, and it, it's... Uh, the, the... And I then thought, oh, we're sick of about a running club. Oh, that's an idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's... Um, the, the, so we find out very quickly who the, the, these, uh, the, these two young runners who are working on zero hour contracts and uh, they've been doing it for a month and it looks like they're, the contract is up uh, but they didn't even know it was a contract for a month and so there you go, that's two pages and we've got a story set up and then we get some two new characters or we get uh, various new characters coming in that the, the sort of producers and directors of TV companies and again I want to just spend a little time talking about the stage directions here. By the way, if you want to look at the stage directions, um, you can get hold of these two scripts. If you go to our Facebook page, go to Sitcom Geeks on Facebook, and there'll be a link to where you can find all the scripts that we talk about. Um, So go onto Facebook, have a look at that. You don't actually need to be on Facebook to go to our Facebook page and find the link. Yeah, okay. So um, again, sorry to read out word for word, but I was just so, uh, this struck me. Possibly because I worked for four years on a show called The Big Breakfast on Channel 4 and I felt like this was 
beautifully describing the office that I worked in for four years. But Penny Dorchester, brackets 30, tall, no makeup, casual attire and nervous energy. Sits at her desk that is impeccably organised with a beautifully colour-coded post-it note system. Oliver, the producer she's working with, his desk is next to hers, looks like a child's bedroom. Novelty Sonic the Hedgehog toys, He-Man posters and the like surround him. And um, So right. without even speaking, you've set up two characters. That's beautifully clearly. set up two characters. And then, again, we're talking about the director who's going to read this script. He's going to have such fun with that. And so you, you, I think you, not only have you set up two re- characters really well there, um, with just, just describing their desks, which is a great way to introduce a character. It's just uh, it's, it, you're, you're showing us, you're not telling us. Um, but it does actually also uh, tell us a lot about how TV works. Um, certainly in my experience, I've noticed that uh, TV is populated by uh, a lot of men and women. The women are basically uh, efficient and they've got a job to do and they know they've got a job to do. Um, and they, they have the sort of the everything is, is worked out and the men are kind of a bit rubbish and there's just always toys on their desk that's all they ever that's all they ever have or mounds of paper and stuff and uh, hey look at me I'm a guy I've got these Sonic the Hedgehog toys I just thought that beautifully sums up the kind of uh, the, the, the kind of gender balance on in, in TV companies without I say without a word of, of script and the script I think is really funny okay I didn't think it was as funny, but, I mean, I, I, but I thought it was good. It was easily one of the better ones we'd read. Yeah. Um, and so it just felt like you knew what you were doing. And to convey that in 10 pages, I think, is definitely um, very, very commendable. So, um, mm. so I would happily have read more. That's ultimately the question. Would I read yeah. more than 10 pages? Yes, of course I would. Um, uh, here's, here's an So if this is worth persevering with. Adam, if you haven't already got a series commissioned by now, because we've had this for months, mm. um, it's worth. It's a really. It could be a really good writing sample. Um, mm. And the reason I would say writing sample rather than an actual sitcom is not just because sitcoms actually so rarely ever get actually commissioned, um, but because TV industry stuff is really really hard to do. So I think. Um, given that we've already had episodes and we had Grandma's House and that BBC Two keep, for some reason, mm. making comedies about people who work in comedy. Nathan uh, and the trip, Barley. And there's Nathan Barley yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, I mean, what that also shows that they keep making it, so maybe this is yeah. a shout. Here's, here's the thing I thought was... Uh, the, the central question is, ultimately, why these characters want to work in television, that why this show is set in television, why this show has to be on now, all those sorts of things. So in, in a sense, I felt like you put a window on a world that I kind of recognise because I work in television. But equally, it felt quite a middle-of-the-road kind of place. And the two people that run it, the two guys who run it, one of whom is clearly a complete idiot, um, I felt was a little bit, pff, yeah, OK, yeah. Uh, a little bit of a stereotype of idiot who works in TV. Yeah. And so I wondered why, so I wondered if... The, the way to improve this script is to really focus on the runner's perspective and how they are really at the bottom. Yeah. And so I think the split, you've called it runners and it's about runners, but actually um, you've got quite a lot of stuff without them in it. I wonder if you just need to make sure that they are the perspective of the show and you've got these two two sort of hopefuls at the bottom who are trying to make something of it. Um, 
So I would just be... But this is... What's great is this is criticism on a pretty high level. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know... But I, I, th- I think they are. I mean, my, my criticism from that point of view is, as you say, there are six characters introduced. Um, yeah. And the fact that the, the runners do appear to me to be the two main characters. I, I, I think that's fair, pretty clear. But of where there are where there are four kind of uh, executives that could in, uh, there could, that could just be two mm. uh, and their stories could be kind of narrowed down a bit but we do have it, it, it does feel to me that it is, it is uh, to a great extent from the perspective of the runners and there's a there's a scene just going back to talking about people sitting in a room talking mm. um, and there is there is a scene with the two runners where they are just kind of sitting in the in the tea room mm. section talking about what biscuits they're going to eat mm. and shoot Instagrams of photo of the, yeah. the biscuit. That's good um, jokes there, yeah. And um but actually even in that uh whole section that that becomes a kind of a, a driving of the next bit of the plot which is you know like you you, you took that you, you if, if you want to make sure that you're going to stay on in this job uh then you you know tell them that you've got another job mm. and then they'll want to keep you and using the biscuit well you weren't going to have that biscuit and then i said i was going to have it so then you had it so it's, it's the, the fear of missing out yeah and so they'll take you on for fear of missing out and so I, I, so that that was a I thought an example of yeah here's two people talking yeah. about biscuits yeah. that's become uh, integral to the plot so um, that, that I I enjoyed that scene okay. uh, and I would like to read more as well yeah it's a good script and I think um, keep keep at it and it'll get you meetings it'll get you work um, or it'll certainly get you introductions and stuff mm. so there's no harm in writing about a world that you have a perspective on that is also known to the people you're sending it to which is people who work in television yeah so um thank you for sending that yeah thank you very much and that sort of brings us uh into talking about the the sort of main area we want to talk about today uh about um plotting now we have uh talked a little bit before about plots so james has written lots of um very good uh, blogs on uh, Sitcom Geek blog, not to be confused with Sitcom Geeks, which right. is us here now. But uh, James's Sitcom Geek blog, uh, that's probably about two or three years ago. I think you did a, like a, a sort of a run of about six yeah. articles about yeah. how to write plots, and we, we've talked on here about you know which plot do you is the best one to choose for your uh, pilot script, but. Um, I thought it'd be a good idea because we talked a little bit about character uh, a couple of weeks ago and um, obviously character is one thing and plot is another thing but the two, when you're developing your sitcom you're kind of putting the two things together so um, I just wanted to ask you James if Mm. you could, I mean if you want to just kind of pressy really how you you come up with plots It is, um, so I wrote I think we've talked about this before and um, so uh, it's worth repeating a little bit of it, and also I, I blogged about it, and then I've sort of slightly flashed it out a bit in my writing that sitcom book, um, which will be hopefully uh, vaguely helpful to some. Um, for me, again, everyone has a different thing, but for me, there's a lot to be said for generating, generating, generating dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of stories, so that you've got lots and lots of stories to choose from. I think sometimes you... You think of some characters, you think of a few stories, and then you immediately fixate on how to make those stories work as plots, which you may well be able to do, but equally, given that you can do a plot about absolutely anything you want, no one's making you do a plot about a certain thing, then 
there's no harm in just spending as long as possible on whether these are really the best versions of plots or the best ideas for the characters to do. So my, I have a general suggestion that you just think of hundreds of one-line storyline ideas and then narrow them down, flesh them out a bit, and that you... I sort of my checklist, or six checklist of focus on stories that bring your main character into conflict, focus on stories that don't rely on outside characters, avoid stories that cause our characters to act out of character uh, for some plotty reason. That's why I can't stand Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh, I think it's rubbish. Uh, oh, it's a magic potion twice. Oh, for goodness sake. Yeah, um, bloody hell, Shakespeare. What did yeah, he know about yeah, writing yeah. comedy? Absolutely. Yeah. And I then, his uh, earlier comedies, yeah, actually. Yeah. Having said that, I was just talking to Dave earlier, I have just watched uh, Bill by the Horrible Histories guys about Shakespeare, which is a great film. I really do recommend getting hold of that. It's just nice and funny and jokes all the way through in a sort of nicely python way but you know a, new, a modern version of all those little lovely scenes you get in Python movies anyway avoid stories based around birthdays just because they're hack uh, focus on stories that begin and end in your regular locations I would say for an audience sitcom is, is very important yeah and avoiding stories that rely on artistic endeavour and the reason yeah. I mention that is because um, somebody has to play a song at the end and they have to do it really really well the audience don't know what well sounds like in your context and unless it muddies the clarity of the yeah, quest. Unless your sitcom is Glee or Fame or something Yes, like to some that. extent. That's why I, I had a particular problem with the first episode of Studio 60 on Sunset Strip, the Aaron Sorkin Saturday Night Live type show, right. where they saved the day with a Gilbert and Sullivan style musical number right. at the end, <laughs> which was just nonsense. I mean, for goodness sake... Um, and the other issue on that show was all of the stuff that Studio 60 sort of broadcast as their show mm. I thought was really banal right. and the two writers who they always who were always cast as talentless idiots mm. had this running joke about a spin-off show called um, Peripheral Vision Man or something and I just thought oh that sounds funny <laughs> um, that sounds much better than the oh, you're not supposed to laugh at that as opposed to on 30 Rock with TGS with Tracy Jordan we know is a pretty lousy show yeah. and they don't really lean on the artistic merit of that show particularly yeah. heavily other than to say that it's basically yeah. still lucky to be on yeah. So those are my kinds of rules of thumb just yeah. as a way of focusing your story uh, picking stories that you think um, really do that If I could just go back to the uh, the point where you're saying coming up with your like hundreds of uh, yes. one-liners what, what I've been thinking about just in a recent thing that I've been working on, um, is yes, the what the one-liners um, and not spending too much time on them. But I, I, even at this stage, I like to have a little thought and think and uh, thinking about how oh, actually this is. Uh, let, let's say, and uh, one of the notes you say is don't choose a birthday. Maybe you know, choose something that that. Someone's looking forward to it's like, like, yeah, an anniversary first, uh, like, it has significance to yeah. that character yeah. that doesn't really so that translate to the cricket season yeah. or something yeah. you, for me, yes, for you, the first day and, of the first and, and test, <laughs> and uh, England uh, collapsed uh, classically in a classic way today, this morning, um, as we record this, but yeah. this will probably still apply in a fortnight's yes, time, probably during the fourth or fifth test. Oh, god, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so even if you take you know that it's, it's the start of the cricket season, then. Even at this stage, I think you're you're starting to think about the character and how it might 
uh, how it might pan out in terms of what their character has in terms of it being uh, is this going to provide them with some sort of crisis or some sort of opportunity mm. uh, that they can exploit so um, already um, I, 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 fi- I found that I was uh, kind of narrowing down yeah. plots just, just at that, that, that particular uh, I think point. that's well worth doing because I think you really want to make the most of your characters and your situation and to do stories that only your show can do which is why I think flat share shows are quite hard to make work because it's very hard to do a plot that Friends hasn't already done extremely well, yeah. or Seinfeld, or Frasier. Or, uh, so you end up with uh, Peep Show, which has the most kind of outlandish, amazing yeah. uh, plots, but they do all uh, they do pretty well start and finish in the flat, yeah. as you say. But the um, and that's why it is worth thinking of as interesting a situation as you can. Mm. Um, and that's why it was great to do for me to do a show about bomb disposal in Afghanistan because we got to do stories yeah. that you just couldn't do any other way. Right. And so for our Christmas special, we were able to have Christmas, you know, Christmas specials are normally pretty banal, but mm. we were able to do Christmas on a forward operating base in Afghanistan. You know, you got to have lines like... Um, Mac, who is clearly a bit of a psychopath, shooting at the Taliban on Christmas Day and shooting them dead and saying, oh, I've shot two of them. It really yeah. is Christmas. Um, you know, it's just like pretty... Not your average standard... Uh, Funny enough, it sounds exactly like what the uh, supposed next um, American Secretary of uh, State for Defence is... Uh, oh, right, OK. He said, he said something similar to that, okay. actually, but not as a joke. Um, um, no, absolutely, I'm sure uh, not. Yeah. But, um, so making the most of your situation as well worth doing it. But I, yeah. again, it's, it's a personal thing that I do, which is I try to keep the options open as much as possible and using the just the tiny little ideas just to, as a springboard into something that's a bit more specific. Even yeah. like my character decides to buy a hat. Yeah. If, you know, what sort of character, what sort of hat would the character buy? Why would they buy it? What are they buying it for? Do they look ridiculous in it? Are they self-conscious in it? What do people say about it? Do they yeah. end up with an old hat, new hat? You know, which is, is in itself is a metaphor. But Right. Um, so I try to spend as much time on that as possible. Right. Um, so that by the time you found some really good stories that are specific, it, you, you're all, you've already made your life considerably easier. Yeah. Rather than starting with a storyline where effectively, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't start from there if I were you. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of my... I think in one sense I agree with, with your refinement of, my, yeah. of what I'm saying. Um, but that's just the way my brain works as well. Yeah. I tend to go yeah. 100 ideas, narrow it down. Right, right. Um, and I, I, I actually, and this is again, having got a taste for acronyms, uh, what, what was it? Off, off the bus off, loser off, or something? Off the bus, something like that, <laughs> yes, for character. I've uh, managed it, and with the help of some students I was uh, working with last week, um, I've come up with the, the, the six P's of plotting. Ah. So uh, and, and it might not be six, and there might be more, in fact, but uh, and there might be ones that don't. And in, uh, start in P, so... We'll discard uh, those. But at this stage, yes. I'm happy to talk about the six P's of, of plotting. Six P's of plotting. See if you can... Uh, this would almost have a jingle of its own, yeah. didn't it? The six P's of plotting. Well, it's like those uh, those books, you know, the seven secrets of successful yeah. uh, artists. Uh, well, like, also, I've got my three C's, character, yeah. conflict, and confinement. Oh, three? I thought it was seven C's. Well, you can do seven C's, character, yeah. conflict, conti- confinement... Casting. Casting, catchphrase, catastrophe. Yeah. Um, something like that. Yeah. There might okay. be another C. Okay. Calamity, I don't know. What it is. Right. So what are the six P's... 
Okay, we'll start with P number one. Plan. Well, apologies for the background noise. We, we're recording, and there was by a glass thing, and so there are other people on the other side. So, six Ps. Number one P is number one P is plan. I hope they're not doing a much more interesting podcast out there than we are here. <laughs> so yes, uh, plan, plan your sitcom. The more detail that you do now, the more choices. Uh, you'll offer yourself when it comes to writing. Mm-hmm. You, 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 uh, stop me at any point. Please on carry on. The six Ps. Um, personal, I think, and that's the uh, where... And I know you talk about all sorts of things, like reading newspapers, yeah. coming up with all sorts of things, but if, if you can uh, get something from your own life, just mind stories from your own mm-hmm. life, then, then that's, uh, that's great if you can uh, do that. And you, your, your life is the starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, sitcom plots are not really real life. Um, they're kind of a, they're yeah. comedy versions of, of real life. So, but they need uh, to be based on truth. Yeah. and that's why I think I've, I've regularly point out that the reason Seinfeld is probably my favourite sitcom of all time. If you get all the DVDs, they have a little three minute interview with the writer of that episode, mm-hmm. and nine times out of ten, it's based on something that happened to them. Yeah, I mean, especially Larry David, obviously, yeah. who who did loads of ridiculous things in his real life because he's got such a short fuse. But mm. even the other characters, who even yeah. the other writers, there's so often they, oh yeah, I remember I used to live next door to this guy who did X and we just yeah. thought that would be great for Kramer to do. Or yeah, yeah. So the more personal, I think, the better. Yeah. Um, and again, I, I, I often refer to uh, Michael McIntyre, not everybody's uh, cup of tea, but uh, uh, nobody takes a small slice of life quite like Michael McIntyre turns it into uh, three minutes of uh, stand-up routine that you can see audiences literally physically falling about yeah. laughing at and the, the one that I, I uh, point people to uh, is where he has somebody who's running to get onto a tube and they get on just before the doors close which took me about three seconds to describe to you there and doesn't yeah. sound very funny he manages to turn that into a three-minute routine yeah um, with all sorts of absurdities and uh, and it, and it, and big laughs all, yeah. all along the way. And so. again, Seinfeld does that. Yeah, um, he's great. I just love his. He's got, he's got a, a bit. Uh, his thing of um, uh, skydivers. What's the deal with the helmets? Yeah. <laughs> Can you almost make it? You know, you might as well wear a party hat. What's the difference if the if the chute doesn't open and that thing and you're going jumping from ten thousand feet? The helmet's not wearing you for protection. You know, and he's got like three or yeah, so he gets like yeah. six jokes out of one joke. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. So, so what's yeah. the next P? Uh, so yes, um, proactive, proactive. Uh, make sure that your characters are um, driving the uh, story and not that the story is is is. is driving them really they have to and again I do see this uh, I mentioned proactive in character but I've taken it from I'm now taking it out of off up the bus loser so the P okay. from there is going from uh, my character's acronym into my into my uh, P for plots um, I hope there's going to be a fact sheet applied to this yes, or, okay. or even well, a book there's going to be a test oh, okay. a SATS <laughs> test uh, for anyone uh, age 11 to the 14. proactive thing is so important though because it's so easy for a character to become passive um, there was a really good blog post, um, uh, which I've, I think I linked to from my blog once, by Chuck Wendig, if, or Wendig, I have no idea how to pronounce his name, but he's really clear on how your characters, no, don't, just, don't just give them hell, but make them make it worse. Mm. So it's always got to be, they try to fix, you know, something happened, they try to do something, and they make it worse, and now they've got a bigger problem, and they try to fix that, and then they make it even worse. 
yeah. until they really wish, you know, there's no way forward or back. Yeah. Making your characters proactive at yeah. every single beat, but and, not just yeah. so that one beat leads to the next, but so that one beat makes it worse. Yeah. Um, that's something I learned a lot from working on Citizen Khan. Right. Um, Adil Ray, who is, plays Mr. Khan, is a very good writer, and he's just absolute stickler for yeah. But how has Mr. Khan made it worse? At the yeah. moment, he's just tried to do something and failed, but actually, he needs to make it worse. How do we do that? Yeah. So, I've learned a lot from working with, with him. Yeah, and that takes us, in fact, to the point, uh, the, our next P, which is three quarters of the way through, which is the point of no return. Ah. So, you come through about, uh, if you're writing a BBC sitcom that's about 27 minutes, is that right? Uh, no, like yeah. So, BBC half hour is 27 minutes. Uh, do the math, as they say. Um, or, uh, but it, you, you're about 20 minutes into your show, 21 minutes into your show, and all is lost. Or all is about to be won, because uh, you know it might be that your character is finally going to do the thing that's going to make them... Uh, escape from this, and this year we really will be millionaires, or whatever, whatever the the, the, the driving uh, thing of the story is. So, uh, so you reach a point where, as as James has yeah. just been saying, there, you know, it's this the, the thing that the character has done has made it worse and made it worse. So, if if you if you're not, and I do read a lot of scripts now, uh, and I get three quarters of the way through, and I'm still waiting for my character to be. It's almost like if they're not, if they, if they can't say at this point, you wouldn't write this. But yeah. if you can't say in the script, ah, oh no, that's terrible. All is lost. If that happens now, then I am totally done for. Yeah. I'm going to go to prison. I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to lose the love of my life. I'm going to lose ten thousand pounds, or I'm yeah. going to be a superstar. I'm going to be this. So you really need that point. There, is a, there are a couple of um, Blackadder plots that leap to mind on this, where they're really good at just making it impossible for the character. Um, in, a, in series two, when he's Lord Executioner and he just executes everybody on Monday and then somebody who was due to be executed on Friday gets a reprieve on the Wednesday and they've, they've executed him. How are you going to get out of that? <laughs> um, and therefore he has to then pretend with a bag over his head to be this, you know, the wife comes to visit him, but he right. has to pretend to be this person who he has executed right. because he's lazy and wants to get it all done and take the rest of the week off. Right. Um, and then obviously there's the Dr. Johnson one where mm-hmm. he's burnt the dictionary and there's a bit, you know, where, where Baldrick just says, you want to know where the big papery thing is, just like the thing that we burnt on the fire. Yes? Yeah. We burnt it. And it's like, well, that's, it's the only copy... There is no other copy. He is an absolute... (laughs) It could not be worse for him. And if you can do that with your characters and push them to that point of no return, they're just like, this is what they do now. Um, And sometimes we we don't go there as writers because we think, I don't think I'll be able to get them out of that situation. Mm. But you really have have to to. push them, push them, push them, push them. And think of your way out of it. And maybe you need to change your setup and everything to give yourself an escape route, but... And remember, I don't know how many times I've said this, but it's always worth repeating. The character will always find you'll always find the answer with your character. The character will get you out of that situation. Jack Rosenthal. And that's the one. Not yeah. Jim Rosenthal, the ITV yeah. sports presenter. No relation. No. Possibly. Relation. Maybe he was. I don't know. Who knows? Um, uh, so that's um, and, and this is maybe a similar P that that, that relates to that is uh, peril. 
uh, there has to be peril in a, in a sitcom um, uh, every character I suppose maybe it's an opposite, the opposite of that but but um, again I talk about there not being enough jeopardy yeah. uh, in sitcoms there's not, not enough to lose I guess they're a bit too similar aren't they those two peril, well, peril stroke point of no return no no I don't think so I think they are separate yeah. um, but you need the peril there needs to be consequences to the act because you, you, you can't have a point of no return if there is no peril yeah you what a, a character with a quest who is merely trying to unsuccessfully do it. He's trying to do it and then they fail, they try again, they fail, they try again, they succeed. Yeah. You know, act one, um, I have a quest, I want to do this, let's try this, doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Act two, let's try this, doesn't work. Act yeah. three, let's try this, oh, it looks like it's not going to work. Oh, it does work. Yeah. That's not that's sort of three sketches, really, yeah, isn't it? That's yeah, yeah. not really um, mm-hmm. more. That's not a show that's more than the sum total of the parts. Yeah. I mean, that's why I've, I've summarised. There are quite a lot of plots that could fall under three categories of, I would say, quest to escape thwarted. Right. So that's sort of Father Ted trying to get off the island. Yeah. So that's his sort of long term goal, and each week he's got a different way of doing it, like yeah. with my little ho- my lovely horse or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got. Challenge to status quo averted, which is to stop someone leaving or stop stop the terrible thing from happening, yeah. or the other, or the the amalgam of the two potentially, which is the be careful what you wish for plot, yeah. which is halfway through somebody gets the thing that they wanted yeah. and discover that it's actually the the last thing they wanted and spend the rest of the episode trying to get out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are the kinds of shapes that kind of work when it comes yeah. to plotting, but we can probably okay. talk about more of those mm. on a future Ooh, that podcast. Might, that might be a patterns. You never know. Patterns. Ooh, yes, yes, that's right. That's another P. And the last one, which is kind of, uh, is possibly too strong a word to use in this situation, but uh, it begins with P, so it's there. Uh, pathos, which is... Uh, not every sitcom has pathos, not every sitcom needs pathos, but I think it, what, what it means is, uh, it's a Latin word for, for pity, we, we pity mm. our characters, um, but make sure your characters never learn from their mistakes. Mm. So, so whatever, whatever it is that you use in, your, uh, in that, all that planning that you're doing to get your character out mm. of the situation, it's not, uh, and again, as I said, the previous time with Basil Fawlty, it's not going to be, right, I've learned my lesson, I'm never going to lie again, I'll be totally honest with, with Sybil. Um, and uh, all he learns is, right, I, I'm going to be more devious next yes, time. My... So, so, well, I think uh, you can, I mean, I think they're two slightly different things, actually. Cause, so what was the final P? The pathos. Pathos. Yeah. So I think pathos is important because we have to understand and sympathise with the character mm-hmm. wanting that thing. Yeah. which I think is important. Yeah. But then the thing that you're talking about, which is in one sense the resolution, is I think your characters can demonstrate that they've learned their lesson, mm. which is not terribly funny, but normally it's quite easy to undercut it with a final kicker, which is they've realised, I'll never be dishonest again, I'm going to do this thing, and then they immediately just yeah. do something and you go, oh, okay, they haven't changed at all, right. that's fine. Okay. So, um, yeah. But yeah, I think... I think those are all things that we need to be thinking yeah, about, definitely. I think my, my P's need work, but it's a work in progress. So That's another um, P. That is, yeah, progress. <laughs> uh, uh, and maybe I can just stop coming up with acronyms and just come up with the things rather than trying to crowbar yeah. things that begin with the letter P. Uh, pendulums, they all need pendulums, yes, yeah. of course. Oh, actually, they do, don't they? they swing swing from one to the other. Yeah, 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 that'll work. Okay, we'll see. Put see the dictionary down. I will, yes. Yeah. Okay, um, well, I think um, just, just to summarise then, um, 
with your plotting, just you know, always just work and work and prepare and plan and plan and um, make sure that it relates to your characters. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's this is how we do it. It's worth yeah. saying that Carla yeah. Lane used to just to sit down and write, yeah, and that's how she did it. Yeah. And she wrote bread and yeah. she wrote butterflies. Graham Linehan comes up with a very funny visual gag and uh, works works towards have that and has six or seven or eight of them in every episode yeah. and that's how he works yeah. and wow I wish I could write like that but ultimately we all end up facing the same questions because mm. at the end of the day it doesn't matter how you came up with the script when you read the script if it doesn't have those that point of no return if it doesn't have those peaks and troughs says another peak mm. um, if it doesn't have all of those things then it's just going to feel like a series of events or it's going to feel you know, not terribly interesting or it's going to feel frustrating for a particular way. So however you go about doing it, these are still the sorts of issues you need to do. It's just some people think by writing. I personally can't think of anything worse than writing 80 pages of dialogue and throwing away three quarters of it and then writing another 40 pages and throwing away half of that. And that's not the way I, I do it. Um, but that's the way some people do it. Yeah. If that's how you do it. Do it. However you prepare, make sure you do prepare. Be yeah. aware that's what you're doing. Okay, well, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, don't forget, if you uh, want to um, uh, check check out more on our uh, check our Facebook page, I think we often put uh, blogs up there. And, yeah, and we put links to our own blogs if yeah. we put new stuff, off, uh, new stuff up as well. And we're very needy. We want you to like us. And um, uh, I think also getting us uh, on iTunes. Give us a nice uh, plug on iTunes. If you, you could like review us? us on iTunes, that would be nice as well. Mm. That would be good. Yeah. Um, we have absolutely no idea how many people listen to no. this podcast. No. So do get in touch yeah. um, and say that you yeah. do, if you like. And also, if you want us to talk about a specific thing Mm -hmm. there may be one thing that we just for some reason have never talked about in nearly 40 episodes of this show Mm -hmm. we have no way of knowing that unless you tell us so email us sitcomgeeks sitcomgeeks at gmail.com or tweet us I'm sitcomgeek and Dave is Uh, uh, Cohen Dave Cohen Dave yeah Uh, and through those tweets you can follow links to our blogs and all that kind of stuff as well well you can uh, just uh, Christmas is coming soon isn't it so what better gift uh, for your wannabe writer friend and writing that sitcom by James Carey which you can now get as a PDF uh, via my because um, it was previously just an ebook. but right. if you want you can get it as a PDF and print it out or wow. what, something like that wow brilliant <laughs> um, well you can't do anything like that with my book How to Be Averagely Successful at Comedy but you can get it as an ebook or online um, and uh, uh, oh, I mean or, you know, in a shop in a shop in an actual book yes you can actually get it in a bookshop Um, So, we'll be back uh, in a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening and speak to you soon.